Good morning. Y'all remember me? I don't think they remember me. Um, we have a guest speaker this morning. Yeah. Pastor Dan Brown has decided to join us this week. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it, it, is, it is good to be back. I say the first Sunday after being gone for two weeks is always a, a, a little different. It, it, it's amazing what you can forget in two weeks. So uh, just bear with me if I do something wrong. And you, you're, free to, you're free to say uh, you missed something there. Um, is that all right? Um, and I know I'm supposed to announce something. Oh, I know what it is. This Wednesday, Wednesday Night Live uh, begins again. And so um, for all of the, the kids from 6 to 7, um, we will gather here. And I believe that we, we have kind of like a kickoff party, right? There you are. A carnival. Oh, cool. Do we have the rockets? Are we, are we going to have the rockets? Oh, man. Cool. Deb and I will be here. For the rest of you who don't know what we're talking about, I'm sorry. You have to show up on Wednesday night. Maybe we'll have the rockets on Sunday morning. You know those rockets with rubber bands? Um, uh, Deb and I shoot those at each other across the gym. On purpose. Yeah, on purpose. Um, that's, our, that's, that's our fun. You know, when you get older, uh, that's your fun, right? Um, you don't have to move, right? I'm sorry. I digress a little bit. Uh, but uh, this Wednesday night, we do begin Wednesday Night Live again. And so we invite all of the kids to, to be here to celebrate and to have fun with, uh, with this carnival on Wednesday. Um, I wanted to begin this day by reading from um, Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Um, I have uh, come across this passage this week, and and um, I uh, just uh, want us to hear these words from the prophet Isaiah. You may remember three weeks ago when I talked about the prophets. And I said the prophets um, had two functions. Uh, they gave people words of warning when they were complacent and thought everything was well. And then they gave them words of hope in the midst of difficulty. And this is one of those passages where Isaiah is uh, wanting to assure the people of God that it will be okay. And here's what Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 says. Don't fear because I am with you. Don't be afraid for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will surely help you. I will hold you with my righteous strong hand. And then in verse 13, he says, I am the Lord your God who grasped your strong hand, who says to you, don't fear. I will help you. I am with you. And so as we begin our worship this day, may we hear the hope in this passage. We do not need to be afraid. We do not need to live in fear because God is with us. God is here with us in this moment and in every moment. And we come to celebrate that this day with our words and with our fellowship. Let us stand and sing a mighty to save.
Everyone needs compassion, love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior. The
for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Please join me in our affirmation of faith this morning. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is the one true church, apostolic and universal, whose holy faith let us all now declare. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all his works, and whose will is ever directed to his children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of our deliverance from sin and death. We believe in the Holy Spirit as the divine presence in our lives, whereby we are kept in perpetual remembrance of the truth of Christ and find strength and help in time of need. We believe that this faith should manifest itself in the service of love as set forth in the example of our blessed Lord, to the end that the kingdom of God may come upon the earth. Amen. And now please join me in the prayer that our Lord Jesus taught us how to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Oh uh -huh. 
You may be seated. When I was in seminary, um, and, and actually I still have this Bible, um, I, I love this Bible I have here. Um, this is all the New and Old Testament, um, and, and as you can imagine, the print in this is a little um, small. It's maybe four, four font, I don't know, maybe less than that. And I was so proud I could read this with no problems. And about the second or third year in seminary, I guess it was, um, I don't know what happened to the lights in our house, but they, they, they stopped working very well. You, you know, I, something that light at my desk started getting dimmer, and, and, and it got a little bit harder for me to see these words. Um, I, and Deb would say, well, you, you probably need glasses. And, of course, I would say, no, I, can, I take it outside. I can read it fine. What are you talking about? Uh, no way. Um, and so, of course, um, I knew she was wrong. Yeah? Um, uh, uh, and so one day, I, I guess I'm having this conversation with her in front of her, her mom and dad, again, talking about, I got to get that bulb changed in that light or something. I don't know what's going on. And Deb's mom, in only the way that she could do, said something like, Dan, you need glasses. It's your eyes, not the light. Well, I was still sure she was wrong, but I decided I better go to the eye doctor. And so I go to the eye doctor, and you know, you, you know they, they have that thing that they, you look into, right? And, and you can see, and the fir at first it's clear, and you look, and, and I struggled to read the words. And, and then they made some adjustments, and I said, oh, my goodness. What light did you change? <laughs> no, they said, we just changed the lens through which you are looking, um, and in that moment, I knew I was in trouble because I knew there was no way to hide from Deb and her mother that I had been wrong and that they were right. I needed a new lens in which to see. And in fact, when I picked this Bible up today and I took my glasses off and I, and I looked at it, I'm like, man, they have changed a whole lot uh, since then and needed readjusting several times um, since that first time. Well, you know, as our... Uh, uh, as sometimes we need new lenses in order to focus and to see clearer with our eyes, sometimes it's good for us to step back and to think about the lens through which we are looking at our faith and maybe adjust that lens so that we can renew the vision we have of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, and today, I want to read from uh, John chapter 3, verses 16 through uh, 20, I think it is. Um, and so, um, these are familiar words. I invite you to hear these words. And then we're going to take a fresh new look at them. But listen to them first. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son so that everyone who believes in him won't perish, but will have eternal life. God didn't send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him isn't judged. Whoever, whoever believes in him isn't judged. Whoever doesn't believe in him is already judged because they don't believe in the name of God's only son. 
This is the basis for judgment. The light came into the world, and people love darkness more than the light, for their actions are evil. All who do wicked things hate the light and don't come to the light for fear that the actions will be exposed to the light. Whoever does the truth comes to the light so that it can be seen that their actions were done in God. Hear these words indeed afresh and anew this day. You know, I think often, while that is a familiar passage to us, um, it is important for us to think about what that passage really means in light of all of Scripture. Because, see, I fear that that has become such a common passage for us that we hear this thing about all, all we need to do is believe in Jesus. And Kobe touched a little bit on this in the beginning of his sermon last week. I think sometimes we hear that passage and what we begin to think is that all we need to do is believe that Jesus was a real person, believe that he walked and believe that he was the son of God. And if we believe that, all is well in our lives. That's what it means to be a Christian. We, we begin to think that what it means to be a follower of Jesus is to believe in, in, in a certain set of ideas, and we, become, uh, we, we begin to think that, that being a Christian means just being a moral person. If we're not careful, we think that that's, that is just about what is going on in our heads what's going on with our heads, not just with our hearts and our hands and our feet. Do you hear me? Uh, sometimes we hear that word because believe, that's the connotation that believes ha believe has in our world today. But the Hebrew word that there is pistoo, which means not just to believe, but it means to trust, to trust in Jesus, to trust in God, and trust requires much more than just believing in a set of ideas. See, I think that we, that the church, especially in the Western world, we need to have our vision readjusted. We need to renew our vision and our understanding of what it means to follow Jesus. And, and why do I say that? Poll after poll, I think Gallup did a poll a few years ago. 76% of people in our country claim to be Christian. They would call themselves Christians because they believe in Jesus. They believe in God. They believe he died for our sins. They believe all of those things. But in that same poll, when they are asked to, um, to specify whether they do certain practices... Practices which happen to be the practices that Jesus did. Guess what percent of people do the things that Jesus did? Practice the way of Jesus, at least according to that poll. 76% said they were Christian. 8%. 8%. You see, we need a renewed vision of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. We need a renewed vision of what it means to be the church of Jesus Christ. We need to get beyond this idea that we think that being a follower of Jesus is just believing that Jesus was a person. 
We need to get beyond this idea uh, that being a Christian means just believing that Jesus taught good things. We need to get beyond this idea of thinking that being a Christian just means there's this certain set of ideas that we believe in, and if we believe in them and other people don't, then we are good to go. We need to get beyond this idea that Jesus came just so that we could continue to live the way that we are living and claim that we believe in Jesus and never be changed and then think that we're going to go to heaven when we die, much less think that we're going to enjoy it. You know, I, I tell folks, you know, if you don't enjoy living with Jesus here on earth, what makes you think you're going to enjoy living with Jesus in eternity? We need to get beyond this concept that our faith is only about our heads. And we need to understand that it, it does require us to change and to be transformed. And just in case you think I'm all wet... Hear these words from James, chapter 1. Know this, chapter, chapter 1, verse 22. I think Kobe may have read this. Um, you must be doers of the word, not only hearers, who mislead themselves. Those who hear but don't do the word are like those who look at their faces in the mirror. They look at themselves, they walk away, and immediately they forget what they were like. But there are those who study the perfect law, the law of freedom, and continue to do it. They don't listen and then forget, but they put into practice into their they put it into practice in their lives. They will be blessed in whatever they do. If those who claim devotion to God don't control what they say, they mislead themselves. Their devotion is worthless. True devotion, the kind that is pure and faultless before God the Father, is this. Care for the orphans and widows in their difficulties and keep, keep the world from contaminating us. And then I invite us to hear these words in Matthew at the end of, uh, at the end of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Um, Jesus says these words, Everybody who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise builder who built a house on bedrock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the wind blew and beat against the house. It didn't fall because it was on firm bedrock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't put them into practice will be like the fool who built his house upon sand. The rain came, the floods came, the winds blew, they beat against it, and the house fell and was completely destroyed. You see, if we read Scripture well, we understand that John 3.16 is not just about what we believe with our heads. We understand uh, that when it says believe in Jesus, it means to trust Jesus and to put into practice the ways of Jesus. And we get that if we just continue reading that passage there where it says, you know, those who refuse to trust Jesus already, we already condemn ourselves when we refuse to trust Jesus and walk in our ways because we are showing that we choose the darkness over the light. We choose to walk in a way other than God's ways. But when we trust Jesus, 
we learn from Jesus and we put into practice Jesus' ways, then we walk in the light and we allow the Spirit to live in us and through us. And then we are able to not just claim to follow Jesus, but we are able to be people who actually do it. Over the next three weeks, we're going to take a closer look at at three things uh, that I think it means to be a follower of Jesus. And we're going to begin to look at at Scripture and what it means to be a follower of Jesus through a little bit of a different lens. So if you haven't been to the eye doctor, go this week. Okay? We're going we're gonna to put on a little bit different lenses. And, and this is the lens, I just want to give you a taste today of the lens that I think is important for us to begin to look at what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to be a Christian. You, you know in Scripture, the word Christian um, doesn't appear, it appears like twice in the New Testament, I think. Um, and, and, and it was a derogatory thing. And what it really meant is it meant to be a little Christ. It meant to be followers of Christ, not fans. And I think, I think Kobe alluded last week when he talked about, um, I think he used the word follower, uh, but when we talk this week, a more appropriate word would be fan. Um, you need to be more than a fan of Jesus, somebody who just, just goes where Jesus is and, and then claps when he does things. You need to be a follower and a disciple, one who also learns to do. And I think a better lens for us to look at this is through the lens of discipleship or the lens of apprenticeship. Any of you heard the word apprentice? Maybe a few. A few of the folks who are older used to be common in our society. Um, I like the word apprenticeship uh, because the idea of apprenticeship is that you not only watch the master uh, who, who, who does the work, um, but you, you go alongside of them. Um, you learn to do it yourself. And then you put it into practice. You become someone who does the same thing that the master did. And so as we begin this next few weeks to refocus our vision, to reset our direction, we're going to talk about these three things that I just want to whet your appetite for today. But I think there were three things that you do to be a good apprentice of Jesus And the first one, uh, you've heard me say before, uh, but the first one is, can you be an apprentice if you don't hang out with the master? Can you be an apprentice? Like, can you become a master welder uh, by simply reading books and dreaming about it? Can can you become a, a, a classic pianist without spending some time with someone who knows how to play or to do it. Anybody here manage to do that? You see, the first thing about being an apprentice is you have to spend time with the person that you want to be like, with the person that you want to learn from. You have to be with that person. And so, as Dallas Willard uh, um, often said, uh, he, he was a, a wonderful uh, theologian and teacher, actually from, I think he was from Buffalo, Missouri, if I remember right. Uh, but, but he was fond of, uh, of saying uh, that the most important thing that we do in our, is to practice the presence of Jesus. 
In other words, to practice doing life with Jesus. See, so often today when we think of that passage of John 3.16, we're, we're like, well, we just, we just say this prayer, right? We just say, Jesus, come into my heart and, and all is good. And so often when we say that, what we really mean is, Jesus, come and follow me. Uh, but what Scripture challenges us to do is, is, is not to ask Jesus just to come and live, in, but it is to go live life with Jesus, to go live among the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to dwell with them and spend time with them, whether it is in prayer or Scripture reading or whatever. And so the first step of apprenticeship is simply to be with the Master, you got to start there. And so then the next, the next step, the next step is to actually become like the master. It's to actually watch and to spend time with Jesus and to, and to learn from Jesus. It is to spend time with other followers of Christ to learn what it means to live and to love like Jesus. It means to have the desire to become like Jesus. I think sometimes we, we, we have these intentions, but we don't necessarily have this desire. Uh, we, we oftentimes look at Jesus and think, well, Jesus was God's son. We forget that Jesus was human and that God emptied himself. And we think, I can't be like Jesus, so I'm not even going to try. Instead, I'm just going to rely on this story that has told me that I can be nothing better. And so uh, I just will not change or be transformed. And I'll just say I believe in Jesus and cross my fingers and hope it's good enough. To be an apprentice, to be a follower of Jesus, to be a Christian in our world today means that we need to spend time with Jesus and it means that we need to be committed to learning from Jesus and becoming like Jesus. Now the third thing that I think that we'll touch upon, to be an apprentice means that eventually we go out into the world and we do the same things that Jesus did. And again, in John, in the Gospel of John, Jesus tells his disciples, you will do the same things that I did, even greater things, he says. Jesus called these first disciples together to spend time with him, to learn from him. And then we even see in the Gospels where Jesus sends them out to do the same things that Jesus did did. An apprentice learns to do the same things as the master. The apprentice learns. The apprentice of Jesus learns how to, to bring healing to other people rather than heaping more brokenness into the world. The, the a disciple, the follower, the apprentice of Jesus learns how to call out Evil. The apprentice of Jesus learns how to do justice and to make peace rather than continuing to perpetuate injustice and hatred. The apprentice of Jesus learns about those 
disciplines and practices that enable us to center our lives in God. But you see, we are never apprentices until we put into practice that which we have learned and been enabled to do. And fortunately for us, it's not just about us learning to do this in our own power. Because we are told Jesus has sent the Spirit to be with us and upon us and to encapsulate us and empower us so that we might not only learn from Jesus, but we might put Jesus' way into practice in our world. And so as we venture into the future, I want to, the the choir can come forward now. As we venture into the future, I want to challenge us to adjust the lenses through which we hear and see the gospel. I want us I want to challenge us to hear and to see the gospel and to understand being a Christian as being someone who who desires, who follows Jesus by spending time with him, by learning from Jesus, and by putting into practice all of the things that Jesus taught us. And so, let us recommit ourselves to this vision, this understanding that sees our faith as more than just what we think in our head, but also what we experience in our hearts and our whole person and what we do with our hands and with our feet. Amen. Oh
Um, let our vision be adjusted this week as we begin to let the Spirit challenge us to understand what it truly means to be a follower of Christ. Let us spend time with God, become like God, and put into practice so that we can make a lasting positive difference in the lives of people as we live and love like Jesus. Go in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit to be the hands and the feet of Jesus in your community and the world. Amen.